It's time for the Jay Foreman postgame show. Here's Coy Detmer dropping straight back in the pocket. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score. Look to the left, and he kind of telegraphed it all the way. When the ball was tipped, Foreman's in the right spot. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Creekhead, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. Here's Fawendi dropping back. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Black Shirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome in. It is the Jay Foreman postgame show. Jay will join us momentarily, but to start, it's Nick Sainer, DP, with you. Nebraska wins one. To improve to five and three this season, they win over the Boilermakers thirty-one to fourteen. Despite a couple uh, hiccups, a couple speed bumps, a couple uh, poor decisions in that fourth quarter, you guys can chime into the show 402-464-5685 on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline and the Starter Heyman text line, as well as the Starter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. And Allo Channel 951, all avenues for you guys to uh, get in touch with us here at our 93.7 The Ticket Studios down here at 11th and O Street. Once again, Nick Sainert and DP hanging out with you guys. All right, DP, Nebraska, 5-3. and three. Um, Towards the end there, it, it did not look too pretty, but they ultimately got the job done, and they're one win away from bowl eligibility. Yeah, I don't – I again, on, on the day of – Yeah. Uh, I don't particularly focus on the the other things. Uh, the headline reads: Nebraska is five and three. That's the headline. The headline is: Nebraska does what it finds a way to beat another Big Ten team. Yeah. Um, they got some more answers today. They got some more pieces to the puzzle. They still got some questions, but they got answers to questions. Mm-hmm. And again, if we go back, if Two weeks ago, five weeks ago, uh, two months ago, if we said, hey, Nebraska's five and three, mm-hmm. headed into East Lansing, are you happy? So text line, feel free. The Huskers are five and three. Are you happy? Yeah. Like, that's that that's the move to me. Checks all the boxes. The, like that's the move to me. That that previous times in this, in this program's recent history – Mm-hmm. You would have found a way not to get the result that you got. So I stand in full celebration of Matt Rule and the coaching staff for getting getting them across the finish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like we have somebody on the Allo VIP line. Yeah, it looks like we have uh, Jason Peters on the uh, Allo VIP line. Let's uh, go to it as we're uh, joined by Jason on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. What's up, Jason? Well, all right. Well, close we enough. Yeah, we almost had him. We almost had But him. nonetheless, uh, so, I mean, once again, uh, a win is a win, as you just said, DP. Uh, Nebraska wins it 31-14 to over the Boilermakers, and they are 5-3 and three here. 
A uh, huge shout out to Tanner's Bar and Grill, State Farm, and Vinnie Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical for sponsoring the uh, Jay Foreman postgame show. Once again, Jay will join us here momentarily, but for now, uh, Nick Sainer and DP with you. Let's do a quick spin through some of the numbers. Let's do it. Right? Yes. So, so some of the numbers that'll let you know. Now, a couple of things that you circle in the positive, in the absolute positive. A 14 nothing halftime lead. Mm-hmm. Then you figure out a way, even through all your struggles, to win the second half 17-14. Like, in spite of all the other things, you still won the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, Across the stat lines, total yards, Nebraska was plus. Uh, In passing yards, they were plus. In rush yards, they were plus. Uh, They were were even in penalties, which is a thing to work on. Nebraska was plus in first downs. Uh, They were plus in third down conversions. Uh... Let's see what else. A- average yard to play, Nebraska is a plus. Average yard to com- uh, per completion, Nebraska is a plus. Uh, for sacks, Nebraska is a plus. Um, production in the red zone, Nebraska is mm-hmm. a plus. Uh, time of possession, Nebraska seven minutes in a plus. The one thing to circle is turnovers. Yeah. And that's a real thing. But again, Nebraska found a way. And through this program, I mean, this is recent history. Yeah. We all clenched up a little bit. We all clenched up a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? 24-14, we all kind of went, oh. But this is a different coaching staff. This is a different group of players. And watching the young guys excel, watching the young guys step up in development, whether it's Emmett Johnson stepping up, uh, whether it's – Sackman uh, getting his yeah. work done is whether it's Emmett crossing over, whether it's figuring out how to get the the deep balls in play. Whew, exhale. The offensive line held up, held strong enough mm-hmm. for you to get a win and to improve to five and three. Yeah, Nebraska to TB's point uh, fumbled twenty four times now this season, which leads FBS. Um, I believe had five of them today. Uh, which is definitely not a winning formula, but as DP said, they figure out a way to uh, to to win the game when it's all said and done. How about this? Nebraska's defense is allowing points, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, just 25% of the time this season. Nebraska's defense, you go down through the drive chart, and, and the one the one touchdown that they did allow was from a drive that started at the Nebraska 24-yard line and on a scramble, somewhat of a broken-down play, uh, Hudson Card was able to make a pretty athletic play and, and find a receiver in the end zone. But you go down the list, and it's it's turnover on downs, fumble, punt, interception, three straight punts, a blocked field goal, two more punts, a turnover on down, a punt, an interception. Once again, DP, we're having the same conversation as we had last week after the Northwestern victory that that one was just an eight-point differential. But here we are after another game in week, or I should say week nine, after game eight, and Nebraska's defense put together another solid, solid outing. Yeah, I mean, that's super impressive. And we talked about it before the season started, that one of the things that gave me some 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 feeling of, of warmth was Tony White, and his, the one, the way he communicates with his with his players. Mm-hmm. Two, the, the, the messaging and the philosophy that, listen, I go into this with some idea about identifying talent, developing that talent, and then getting that talent to execute, and then putting it in positions to, to be successful. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, we not only see it, 
uh, but we've been validated in it. Now, the other side of it is, are we seeing it on the offensive side of the ball, which is the question you have to ask. But defensively, there's depth, there's versatility, and there's obvious development. Yeah. Where players, Phelan Sanford is working at a different level than he's worked, right? Isaac Gifford is playing at a higher level than he's played. Watching uh, Nebraska up front actually be a force in the run game. Mm-hmm. Watching Nebraska defensive backs, the back seven or the back eight, actually put Purdue playmakers on the ground. Like run through, we're talking about, we've talked about run and hit guys in this program. These are actually run and tackle guys. Mm-hmm. Like these are, I'm going to run through you no matter where you are on the field. I'm going to put you to the turf and then we're going to reload. And they're stopping for progress, which is a different kind of tackling that we've seen. Yeah. So to watch all of the things in place and to watch other offenses come into Lincoln and scramble trying to figure out, well, we can't find these guys, but they seem to be everywhere. Like, we can't find them and block them, but they seem to be everywhere we're trying to go with the ball. Kudos to, to Tony White and what he's done with this uh, defensive end. Yeah, Nebraska, uh, Heinrich Harburg finishes with, frankly, a, a day that I think we all somewhat saw coming. Not a whole lot of passes. Uh, he only attempts 11 passes today. He completes six of them for 122 yards, two touchdowns, no INTs. Obviously, a lot of that came on uh, Jalen Lloyd's first collegiate touchdown on a, on a play where DP, you and I were sitting next to each other in the press box during the game, and we said we saw it from the jump. Yeah, it was it was a really really well set up play, and a nice job by Jalen Lloyd running the route, and a nice job by Heinrich Harburg putting the ball on the money. Great patience, um, even in a, on a windy day where where we weren't quite sure which way the flags were going to end up flapping, mm-hmm. um, especially when the ball got up in the air. Uh, he put it on a bit of a rope to give it uh, at least some string to it, yeah, and then a great tracking of the ball and, and making a play. But to watch and have Fedoni uh, make his play just being patient in the route running and getting into the mm-hmm. corner of the end zone and into that space, there was a whole bunch of patience going on. There was a lot of good stuff going on. It was, in fact, uh, especially for that period of time, to watch Nebraska's offense in the first half, take advantage of the situation, make plays, yes, there's still the things with penalties, and there's still mm-hmm. the things with, with turnovers. Those are fixable. I'll let other people work on the things that need to be fixed. But to say, job well done. Yeah. This th- look, the Huskers are five and three, and should be proud of themselves no matter how they play. Yeah. Once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. The it, Honda of Lincoln Hotline. The starter name and text line. Yeah. Here's what we what we can do. So Jay's in the building. Yes. So. Let's go to an early break. Kay. Go long here. Get yep. Jay Foreman on. I'll take a secondary. Uh, I'll come back later on in, in, in I guess, sometime around the 8 o'clock hour yeah. uh, and allow folks in, in downtown Lincoln to enjoy the night. Let's uh, let's do it. We'll, we'll field phone calls. We'll field texts. We have plenty of them to get to. Don't go anywhere. It's the Jay Foreman, uh, Jay Foreman postgame show coming up next, 93.7 The Ticket. Jay Foreman postgame show. Sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinnie Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What up? Jay Foreman, After Game Show. This is Jay Foreman along with uh, Nick on the ones and twos, partner in crime. 
Uh, Nebraska victory again, three in a row, uh, which is obviously much needed. Put you that much closer to the uh, goal of bowl eligible and then some. Um, obviously, with everything that uh, transpired today, it was any, any type of any time that you get a W, it's a good W. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> 31-14, Nebraska wins. Obviously, I think that Nebraska was the better team coming in. Definitely was not pretty in mm-hmm. some form or fashions, but the defense was phenomenal, and they did what they needed to do. They forced Purdue to change quarterbacks. You know, you held uh, Hudson Card to 50% completion rates, only 100 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, did a pretty good job against the run. Uh, they didn't play, uh, you know, for to Nebraska's, uh, I guess, advantage. They didn't play Devin mm-hmm. uh, Mockaby much, and but any other uh, running back was stymied pretty much. They and Nebraska pretty defense pretty much dominated. And and the one thing I really liked about it, Nick, is that you saw from the very beginning, or obviously the first play mm-hmm. of the game, put in sudden change, adverse situations, yeah. and answer the bell, second series, come back. Jamari Butler co- uh, causes the fumble. We get it. It was like this is what you want when you're trying to play complimentary football. Yeah. Obviously, from a defensive former defensive player standpoint, a little too much. But to those young men's uh, credit, they answered the bell every single time. Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to agree with you, right? Um, and one thing I will say about Mockaby, it's not, I don't know if they necessarily didn't try to get him more involved. It was I think just they couldn't. They couldn't, and they yeah. knew it from the jump that they were not going to be able to run it successfully. And and you got bailed out maybe by the wind a couple of times because Purdue yeah. on uh, Tommy Hill's first interception, which heck of a day for Tommy Hill, a yeah. uh, great day for Quentin Newsom as well. But on Tommy Hill's first INT, it was severely underthrown. And it kind of got up in the air and it ballooned a little bit. And that's when you kind of realized, okay, Nebraska has a shot to really separate themselves. Well, the thing is they're making the plays when they need to make them. Even when you think of how many times that Hartsog was tested, he Mm -hmm. made the play when they tried to go deep in the end zone. Uh, Isaac Gifford numerous times made the play one-on-one coverage. Obviously had a phenomenal day in the run game. Um, and then really, I think the play of the game was this, right? Right on the punt return, I think it was, right? Fumbled the punt return. Purdue kind of muffs it. It's, it was like almost a football follies play mm-hmm. for you older gentlemen and, 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 young, and, and young ladies out there that it kind of just went through like four Purdue players' uh, hands, went up, kind of like ejected up, went off a Purdue player's helmet. Newsom was Johnny on the spot, playing to the, to the echo of the whistle, Recovered it. That's a huge play because normally in the years past, that would go to another opponent, and then obviously Nebraska capitalized on it. But uh, you know, you got to think. You, you, I mean, you got to be happy where where you look at it as far as Nebraska offensively, right? This is what we can take away from it. That's somewhat positive. Um, Heinrich Harburg, six of eleven, a hundred and some yards, two TDs. That I mean, two mm-hmm. TDs. You can be, you know, is positive. 73-yard touchdown, so you think you're 5 of uh, 11 for, you know, 40, 50 yards. Okay, controlled passing game. We can deal with that. Emmett Johnson, 13 carries, 76 yards, 6 yards of carries, and a touchdown. Definitely can deal with that. Yeah. 26 long, ran the ball hard. What we, what we need to get better at is the quarterback run game, oddly enough, which has kind of been our bell yeah. cow, 19 carries, 22 yards, not good enough, indecisive. Right, and very, and and the inability also, Jay, 
to sh- be shifty. Yeah. Like, like well, that's, Heiner- that's where your indecisiveness comes 100%. from. hundred yeah. percent. But I mean, Heinrich Harburg is one thing I will say when it, when it's quarterback run game, he has, he has the ability to break away, right? right. Break away and run away from tacklers. But the, sh- the lack of shiftiness just hurts him time and time again. And these quarterback run plays that he decides to keep it on rather than handing it off or rather than pitching it, it might be the right call, but his ability to change direction just isn't there right now. Yeah, I mean, just well, that just comes from indecisiveness, knowing mm-hmm. what you're going to do, anticipate what they're going to do defensively, and then you kind of go from there. So that needs to get better, like, r- right now. Yeah. Um, which led to two fumbles, two fumbles lost. Yeah. Okay, that's ball security. Jeff Sims, one fumble, one fumble, fumble loss. Okay, ball security. Um Alex Bullock, Bullock got, you know, bailed out by Quentin Newsom. And then you think defensively was phenomenal, whether it's Jamari Butler, Isaac Gifford was a star of the game, two tackles for losses, pass defense, and uh, many, more, many, many more uh, plays. John Bullock really answered the bell. Phelan Sanford, Omar Brown before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Reimer, you know, obviously coming back off of a little bit of sickness, did well. The whole defense as a whole did well. And so, uh, you know, sometimes you need the defense to be able to answer the bell every single time, and that's where yeah. the offense, I guess, somewhat left him. So it's it's a good victory, yeah. right? And it's good to have these type. Look, it, it, look, people. Here's the problem with some, I guess, fans or people that kind of evaluate the teams. Like, oh well, the Big Ten West isn't good. Well, the Big Ten West hasn't been good for very, very long for a while. Yeah, like legitimately good. Where where they could go to. The Big Ten East. I see you, my man. It, Big Ten East, <laughs> and win. If the Big Ten West went against the Big Ten East, and the Big Ten West came out on top, yeah, hasn't been the case for a very, very long time. And so this is no different. Yeah, it's a little bit weaker, but you know, to be honest with you, Nebraska get a little bit break in the schedule and the change mm-hmm. of regimes in the Big Ten West was paramount. Nebraska to beat Purdue when you have to beat Purdue to kind of put you on the doorstep of where you want to get to, to be in a positive step as far as the program was a bigger victory. Now, mm-hmm. fumbling on the first play of the game was not where you want to start. And we've done that, or, or whether turnover on the first play of the game, we've done that the last two weeks. we got to curtail that. But Nebraska has shown the ability, if there was a bounce back percentage, I think this team has been pretty good and the defense has done well. And we've seen, look, a Northwestern team be at home and beat the brakes off of, of Maryland. So Northwestern victory wasn't as a foregone conclusion as thought so, mm-hmm. because obviously this team can play. Obviously at home, they won all four of their games, which yeah. is good. Hold serve. But that doesn't mean that they're, you know, all of a sudden they're different players and Nebraska beat them last week. And yeah. so, you know, it, it, it's, it, you know, as much as I'd be excited, you know, to win this game, I'm definitely calling some guys into my office if I'm the head coach or if mm-hmm. I'm a coach or whatever and having some, you know, very frank talks with them. As a quarterback, we have to have better decision, more decisiveness, uh, less turnovers Yeah, uh, because everybody's going to feed off your energy. And defensively, I'm going to keep saying I want more. I think they can play better. I think Ty Robinson can play better. Yeah. I think the linebackers can play better. I think our overall pass rush can get better winning one-on-ones you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying because there was plenty of opportunity um 
And so I'm a, and, and the really thing where I probably, you know, I was obviously probably Isaac Gifford might be the player player of the game, but the another guy that really did well is uh Tristan Alvano. Yeah. And for him to make that fifty five yard field goal was huge for him. And then also in the special teams, Nebraska could do well did well. But I think Nick, over your right shoulder. Yeah, we got Luke. We got Luke. Luke Skywalker, what you got for us, my brother? Luke, are you there, my man? Yep. All right, what you got? Luke. Y- yes, sir. Okay, well, you're on the air, my man. What you got for us? All right, hey, I was just going to say, as a Husker fan for so long, and as someone who would um, care so much in the past about how they won and how they played, that uh, I'm so tired of these games where we lose, and this game coming in, felt like a game we would get beat. Right. I don't know why. It just felt like a game that that it would be um, we do something stupid to screw us up. And um, it felt like at the beginning we gave the ball away. It was going to be something that we got beat on. It was just horrible. I would take games like this where we win um, for someone who loves Scott Frost for everything that he gave us, and I don't know, I I felt like we should have given him so much, and uh, it, it just didn't work. He wasn't the coach mm-hmm. that we all thought he was. He wasn't this or that. And for this team to come in in year one and win these games and be tough and be um, the team that we thought that we would see under Scott, for him to come in so quickly and do these things, I think it says a lot. And um, it'd be so easy for us to um, to not give uh, credence to these games that we should win and win. Like, we should always count every year. We beat Illinois. We beat Purdue. We beat, like, these teams that should be obvious. But we don't. We don't. We 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 just don't. So, me as a Husker fan is finally like, it's kind of not a good thing. But I'm happy that we've won. I don't know how many games in a row. Well, three, three. So we've won the three. Yeah. Trace and yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. It feels I, like a, a big deal. Um, it feels like we could win. The next, we we can win every game on the schedule. Let's go, and, and it feels like after uh, we scored twenty three, twenty four. I'm sorry, but we scored enough where I don't think any of us thought that we was we were going to score as much as we did now. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I, I feel like. I got you, Luke. I'm going to let you go. Um, I got you. Uh, so here's what I would say. Nebraska's got a three-game winning streak for the first time since 2016, right? Uh, Luke was right uh, about the past regime. It did not go every, the way we've planned. We, we thought it was going to go. Here we are, though, in year one of Matt Rule, and Nebraska has beaten Illinois. They've beaten Purdue. They're going to have an opportunity to beat Iowa for two, two straight years. They're going to have an opportunity to break the streak against Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, and how about this? Matt Rule said in his post-game press conference that this is the first time in 22 years that
that Nebraska has gone undefeated in October. In the month, so in the month of October, that's something that I suppose you can hang your hat on if you're a Husker fan. Nebraska has gone undefeated in the month of October for the first time in 22 years. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. You know, to be honest with you, you want to give a little bit of credit to Scott Frost, a lot of credit to Mickey Joseph and Bill yeah. Bush and those guys, and especially Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush to kind of right the ship, which which led to a good locker room to yeah. when Matt Rule came in, was able to kind of be three, four, five steps well, ahead. Once of, again, put it in a better place than when yeah, they took over. Yeah, definitely a, big, a better place. And and then Matt Rule and, and, and his coaching staff and regime has done a really good job of, uh, you know, increasing the accountability percentage, increasing the expectations, and then also increasing the confidence even higher than what Mickey was able to kind of end on the, you know, high note against Iowa. And then, you know, to battle through a somewhat obviously up and down, um, you know, game from the offense and the defense be able to step up, the special teams be able to step up. And, you know, the field goal block team is part of the special team slash defense to, you know, block a field goal, catch it on the fly, take it to the crib, be up 21, nothing, 24, nothing. It's a, it's a good game. Now, you rather have these games to where you have you can go back and 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 point to some in positive things like we mentioned before mm-hmm. on the offense, and then also say you know what we got to do a lot better um, with a victory, and so that's where you want, and and that's the thing that's uh, you know very positive. Now the negative is is the ball security. You know is yeah. is a think of in the very first play of the game that you know that needs to be a detail that needs to be hammered in, and that's a actually the coaches are going to voice it. The players have to embrace it and do it themselves. And so, you know, as we going along, we got we got to, you know, celebrate this thing until the rest, you know, 12 o'clock midnight. And then tomorrow, you know, when they have, I'm assuming they have some sort of recovery practice tomorrow, yeah. it's on to uh, Michigan State. And, and, and the reason why that is is because the short-term goal, you know, whether people believe it or not, is to be bowl eligible, yeah. right? And then that's a, that's a, that's a huge mark to get in your first year for Matt Rule and staff and his whole regime. And then after that, let's do, let's see, let's, let's see how much noise we can make. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, as I just said that, Nick, I will, I will never forget, you know, um, Sean Bryson, who's one of my best friends in the whole wide world. And we both were rookies in, in Buffalo together, obviously from there on been best friends. He worked for Matt Rule as a GA Mm. and I asked him about Matt Rule. From the very, you know, when he first got hired, he said, yeah. listen, <laughs> he said, Matt Rule going to make some noise up there. And it's going to happen quickly. He's like, I don't know what type of noise he's going to make. He's like, I know he's going to make some noise quickly. That's what he's doing. And so you got to give him credit. And it doesn't, you know, it's not the 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 ideal football that Matt Rule is yeah. wanting, right? Nobody is. But it's winning football. And these guys are, he's, the one thing I like about Matt Rule is, and I'm not taking any shots in any, any past, you know, regimes or coaches or whatever. He's smart enough to look at his team yeah. and saying, you know what? My defense is better than my offense. And you know what? We're going to kind of play to that. Mm-hmm. But then also we're going to figure out a way through the plethora of injuries on offense to find a way to be somewhat, if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, if we don't punch ourselves in the face, somewhat, respectable yeah and then we're going to have our special teams continue to get better as the season goes on and you can't bat an eye at that 
You, you, you really can't. You got to give them credit for where it's at. It's not mm-hmm. perfect. And they would, I'm assuming they would tell you that, but they've done whatever they need to do to win games. And, and wins around here have not been at the level that it needs to be to be five, uh, five and two, right? It was a five and two or five and three. They're five and three. Five and three, excuse me. Five and three with four games left uh, is, is, is uh, a really good place to be in. And, yeah, sure. Everybody's going to be talking about getting six wins, going on the the road to East Lansing. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so, right? Now let's take this defense on the road. Let's be better on offense because the thing that about the offense is it's all correctable. Yeah, these aren't things that Purdue did to us: missing blocks, um, allowing these guys to to you know essentially shoot gaps and stuff like that to get tackles for losses, you know. Fumbling the ball. These are all things that Nebraska did to themselves. And in the in the good and bad thing about it is you can fix it yourself. The bad thing about it is that it happened on Saturday, but it's better for it to happen in the victory because you don't want to continue to push yourself, push the chips into the middle of the of the table, kind of playing, you know, bluff or not, mm-hmm. versus let's let's push our chips into the middle of the table when we're not turning the ball over and our defense is playing good and our special teams are playing good. And then, then we can really, uh, you know, you know, collapse and par- paralyze some teams. I, I wanted to say I, I've texted, or I not texted, excuse me. I t- I've tweeted this out. You can also follow us on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert at Foreman fifty six forty four on on Twitter. Um, I tweeted this out, but then I've also talked already about it with uh, DP. But I wanted to tell it to you as a defensive guy. Um, Nebraska has not won the turnover battle many games, if any, this year, right? They fumbled it 24 times on offense. It leads FBS in that category. You sit here and you go, how is Nebraska still winning games, right? How is Nebraska still winning, figuring out ways to win games 31 to 14 over Big Ten uh, divisional opponents? How about this statistic for you, Jay? Nebraska's defense has had 94 defensive drives this season. They have forced a punt, a turnover, or a turnover on downs 73% of the time. So you're telling about, you're talking about allowing points and that includes all the drives that you can think about that have started on Nebraska side of the 50 right inside the red zone. This includes field goals and touchdowns, but they Nebraska's defense is only allowing a field goal or a touchdown 25% of the time. It's, it's, it's remarkable because it's such, it's such a commendable performance consistently from this defense Right. That as a Nebraska fan, you're sitting here going, if Nebraska's offense just could get it figured out a little bit more, this thing be, would it this be, thing it could yeah, be really it could be fun some, to watch. It'd be, a, it'd be a good year. And uh and the and the good thing about it is when you keep winning your five and three, you know, you still have the chance for the, the offense to get going. And, Absolutely. And the, you know, the funny thing about the offense is, Nick, as I watch it, as frustrating or as kind of on the edge of your seat as it is, is that it's all like it's all correctable. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the frustrating part for the the players and the coaches, because I know for a fact that they probably and want to perform better. They can correct it and all this other things. And so, you know, really kind of not. You know, sometimes I figure I, I feel like this offense is seeing the defense doing so well, so they're trying to play perfect and not mess the game up. Mm-hmm. Well, you, then you end up kind of putting the defense in in inopportune times anyways. And so go out there and let it let it hang. Just let it all hang out. And it's not yeah. play out of like character. It's just go play football. 
Look, two hands on the ball when you're about to get hit. Ball security. Take what you can get. Let's let's focus on less, you know, you know, false starts, less, you know, um, illegal procedure penalties, or or you know, no, not enough guys on the line of scrimmage. And let's see where we can be at because I think when you, with, with with Emmett Johnson, thirteen carries, seventy six yards, over six yards a carry. Yeah, he has shown you in the and the line has shown you that they can run the ball conventionally. So when you think about him, Fleeks, Grant, that's a combo that you can really ride with. Now, when we get into the option game, we have to really, really hone in on the finer details for Heinrich Harbert to be more effective because we don't need you overthinking, right? We just need you to react. And your reaction is going to be based on what the outside rusher does. And we're going to just rep that, rep that, and then you got to mental rep it. So everything that I'm talking about, whether it's, you know, the tight ends block and the running back's execution, quarterback's execution is all correctable in there was a few times, you know, on the sacks that Henry Harburg, you know, either got pressured on or had to throw out of bounds or, or eventually got sacked. The offense, I mean, give give the give it credit. Give Don, Coach Donovan Rayola credit. Mm-hmm. Three new starters, plenty of time of to in pass protection. Run blocking could have been a little bit more, but I think the running blocking it was thrown off by the misreads. You know, whether it was the quarterback or running back. So you got to give the offensive line credit. They performed a lot better than people really thought they were. Purdue was an active defensive front. Those mm-hmm. two dudes, number no. four and number five, yeah. are dudes that you're going to see on Sunday. They can play football. They have been playing a high level of football, and that's what you saw today. Nebraska finally got it together to take advantage of their back end and uh, was able to pull out the victory. But I think uh, before we go to break, do we yeah. have Aaron? Yeah, let's go to the Honda, the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685, where we're joined by Aaron on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Aaron, you're on the Jay Foreman Postgame Show. What's on your mind? Hey, Nick, AJ. Um, I just wanted to say I am so happy for a couple of reasons. First, just the little things in the game that you can tell that they're improving on especially on defense. Um, the one that pops to my mind was uh, Lynham on the punt. Yep, that was second, phenomenal. Second week in a row. It's a long punt, and we have a guy there to make a play. Um, on defense, swarming to the ball, tackling. Just There's so many little things that have gotten better than the previous years. And I think the thing that makes me the happiest, Jay, obviously in the 90s, I'm the same age as you. The young man. It was just so exciting to watch you guys play. And my kids have never seen that side of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And I think that finally just makes me happy that I can share that with them. I know we're not near as good as the 90s yet, but you can definitely tell Rule and his staff, I mean, especially with the defense, has made huge strides this year. I just, yeah, it finally makes me happy to go to a game and I can be excited. As pretty, long as the offense doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, I think we have pretty good odds of being in every game the rest of the year. There you go. That, appreciate That's all I got. I think thanks for taking my call, guys. Appreciate that, Aaron. That's that's a good one. Um I mean I I understand. Like I get it. Uh because frankly, Jay, like I, I wasn't around when y'all were playing. And so you No. Where were you at, man? Not even a twinkle. Not even a twinkle. But like, here's the deal. Your little thought, the, right? The, the best, and I've said it before on on various shows. Like the best Nebraska defense that I have seen is that 09 D is that 09 defense. 
Well, I understand that, that. That's, that's the best one that I've seen. And, right. and this is probably the second best behind that that I've seen. We're going to let them figure it out. We're going to see how they finish the season. And, but, yeah, I'm right, right there with you. Right, because this, this is a team that now, I mean, has firmly put the entire team on their shoulders, it feels like. And I like that. And have carried them to five wins. Yeah, and I that's, like that. And that's okay because that tough, nitty-gritty, just gutted out victory is something that I think Nebraska fans gravitate towards because that fits the the mentality mindset, yeah. and the mindset of Nebraska fans. You know, I think the biggest thing is that uh, the defense is just taking it. You know, look, nobody knew how this three three five was going to work, right? Or going to work in the Big Ten and, and so forth and so on. Tony White is just doing what he did at, at Syracuse, yeah. which is making the most out of his roster, inspiring the kids to play better, teaching them football, they have gravitated to him and all the assistant coaches, and it's worked out dang well. And Nebraska feels like they can pack their defense, whether they're home or away, and they're going to be challenged next week mm-hmm. being on the road against Michigan State. And so, um, you know, I, I mean, Grant, I mean, I love it when the defense plays well. I love it when the defense, like Jamari Butler, a kid that should have been maybe playing a lot more, but they brought in O'Shawn Mathis where he was able to kind of, not kind of, wait his turn, uh, keep his mind right. I know he jumped in the portal, but came back, and then he's made the most of his opportunities. When you think of MJ Sherman and Chief Borders, were the foregone conclusion to start at Jack. He moved into the defensive end. Now he's one of your best pass rushers. I think five and a half sacks on the season, mm-hmm. and guys like that, Omar Brown. I know he got dinged up, but he's been a consistent player in a physical presence. So when you think of the defense leading the team, you know that's really really good. And then the offense, you know, just needs to get more consistent and get better. And so. It stops and starts with the quarterback, then it goes to the offensive line. Emmett Johnson and crew as a running back, you know, we need to figure out a way to be a little bit more better there. Um, I think the young rookies as as, as uh, receivers did a really good job. And so, you know, where Nebraska's at being 5-3, and three, I think it's a good spot. And obviously we'd like to be already 6-2, and two, giving away against Minnesota and so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, uh, we are where we are and we control our destiny from here on out. And there's nothing better than that feeling knowing if you go out there and play your best game uh for four quarters more times than not you'll 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 get to your goal yeah once again nebraska nebraska is victorious 31 to 14 over purdue um this game was a a game that got somewhat chippy at times it was chippy from the very beginning it it was chippy right and and we remember what ryan walter said earlier in the in the week about how he he had had him focused he hated the n on the helmets he hate the color and all that well the team of of purdue give him credit this was a game where the the weather and the 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 stadium wasn't entirely full they announced that it was eighty six thousand. it was more like 70 but this was a, a still a create-your-own-energy type of game, it felt like. Well, at the end of the day, when you're playing football, man, there's no fair dodging. And, uh, you know, you got to create your own energy. You got to be ready to go. And Purdue came in and wanted to, you know, wanted to bring it to you. And it took, I think, you know, to be honest with you, it took a little, especially on the offensive side for Nebraska, it took a little while to for them to get, you know, into the fight. And once they engaged into the fight, they were, you know, then they were just fine. And the defense... We came out ready to fight, and so yeah, you know it is what it is, and, and everybody's played in those games. It was the first kind of bitter cold game, two thirty game. People was like, okay, I can probably watch it at home, mm-hmm. but if you watch it at home, you missed out on a really good game, in the sense of to see Nebraska do some th- do some things that they were you know haven't been able to do the last four or five years, which is 
got out some ugly victories, hang in there on defense, look legit on defense, be able to physically hang in there against a running back and a running team that got after you. Um, so it's commendable. Now, was it perfect? No. And they got a lot of things to work on. And But offensively, they 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 made some strides in some areas and some areas not so much. And in the areas that they hadn't is that ball security is an issue. So it looks like your butt's going to be outside for the rest of the week. There's no more you you're not a, you're not afforded the luxury of being in the uh you know the uh not air conditioning but in the in the heated hawks or stuff. We got to yeah. get you out there so you're used to the elements because every single game we are going to have to prepare from here on out in November of to be a little bit you know brisk and cold. There's nothing wrong with that. And so like I said, this is a single series movie. 12 times a year and uh, Nebraska was able to come out with the better rating or, or the rotten tomatoes rating, you know, out of this movie. And that doesn't mean you just say, okay, well, we were, we've arrived. We we're yeah. getting towards where we need to get, but we can get better at it. And that's where the mindset Nebraska should take starting tomorrow. Yeah, once again, Nebraska wins 31-14 over Purdue. Uh, when we come back, we'll probably have Matt Rule sound bites. I also want to ask Jay about uh, the quarterback situation because we saw – we saw Heinrich Harburg leave. Uh, he says that he's all good, ready to go. His, his chin was bleeding a little bit after he got popped. A little, little chin music. Um, yeah, a little chin music. You can't be and running. So, hey, listen, you, when you run up there and you, you're yeah. running there with your pads high, you're going to get pistol with. Yeah, so I, I want to talk to Jay about the, the quarterback situation. Jeff Sims obviously comes in, fumbles, unfortunately. Um, and so I, we'll dive into all that and more when we return. Uh, Jay, send it, send it, my man. All right, man. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back, have Matt Rule. And we're going to dive into the quarterback, who should play, why they should play, and more importantly, Nick, how they played mm -hmm. Saturday or this Saturday against Purdue. Uh, Jay Foreman and Nick, after, Jay Foreman after game show. We'll be right back. Jay Foreman post game show, sponsored by Tanner's Bar and Grill, Vinny Kreekak, Elway Power Sports of Lincoln, and Action Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Electrical. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're playing to win, right? I mean, um, I mean, he, it's an option pass. He has some pressure. He throws the ball away. He snaps the next snap. Like, that's it's not that hard. Like, he can do it. You know, he, he, he shouldn't stand there and take that hit. Their kid didn't. Their kid ran out and threw the ball out of bounds. So, um you know, we're working through with Heinrich all the time to get, you know, get to where we want to get him to get. So there is Matt Rule on uh, Heinrich Harburg and if uh, the quarterback has taken too many hits because of the option, he had a longer answer, but that's that's the start of it. Um, Jay, I guess just overall assessment of Heinrich Harburg today, because I want to dive deep into the the quarterback conversation. We'll get to Matt Rule. We'll We'll get to a couple phone calls that we have. Overall thoughts before we get to the phone calls, Heinrich Harburg's performance today. Uh, I mean, I think he did. Uh, I mean, it was definitely up and down. It was like a roller coaster. I mean, I think that he did some good things. Obviously, you know, the deep pass was on the money, so that's good. He had a couple good third down passes or, 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 or passes that we need. I call them have to have passes uh, rolling to his right. Um, ball security obviously probably needs to get exponentially better and maybe decisiveness on the uh, RPO option game needs to get a little bit more better. Um, you know, I think it was probably just 
50-50, you know, with him. And I think, you know, he can play better than that. He knows it. And there's some things he, I think he got better at versus the last game and some things that he probably stayed pat at. And, and look, when you're carrying the ball run-wise 19 times, you know, ball security, be, you know, becomes a big issue. So it's something that he just needs to, you know, focus on and make better, you know, going into the next week. Because right now, you, you know, everybody, you know, it, it saw that you, you know, got stripped a couple of times and fumbled. Um, so they're going to try to, you know, rip it out of your, your hands if you don't uh, get it right. Let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. We, uh, we got Frank, who's been waiting patiently. Frank, appreciate the patience, man. What's on your mind? Hey, I'm still here. Yep, what you, oh, we what got you, you Frank. What, what you got for us, Frank? Hey, guys. Hey, you know as well as I do, sometimes it just takes a little bit of belief in yourself. So is this enough? Is this win enough to get us over the hump? to go ahead and win these, win out, win these last four games? Um, is that what it's going to take? And and I'm sitting here with Macaroni Tony, and he wants to know who's going to be the next Jay Foreman, who's going to step up and put these heads <laughs> to bed. All right? That's what I, I like know. that, Frank. I like that. Shout I, out to Macaroni, Macaroni Tony. Tony. Yeah, man. I don't know uh... – I don't know if you want to be the next Jay Foreman. I always say that you want to be the next Levante David or somebody like that. So uh, it could be any and everybody. It could be Fields. Mm-hmm. It could be Makai Guyber. It could be Bullock. You know, um, it could be a plethora of guys they got. You know, the one thing about Tony White, he's shown that he's going to play a lot of guys and they're all going to be productive mm-hmm. and get the opportunity to play. So uh, we shall see. But as far as the win getting us over the hump, I mean, it's definitely putting us in the right direction. It's definitely uh, giving us confidence that we're getting close to the goal of six wins, which has been obviously a, a goal that should be achieved on more, you know, more times than not around here, and hasn't. So it's a big deal when Nebraska does. Um, obviously, sooner than later, I would like to get our sixth win next week, and then yep. we, then we, then the, then I'd like to put more pressure on you, right? Okay, you got six wins, so now you showed your butt a little bit, right? Now, okay, now you got six wins. I want to see if we can get seven, eight, nine wins, mm-hmm. and so. Um, you know, I think it's one of the things is make the same approach. We got There's plenty of mistakes that needs to get that need to get corrected. There's plenty of positives that need to get you know accentuated and and and, and talked about. Um, but for us moving forward, now we're going on the road, right? We don't have the luxury yeah. of being at home. We got to hone in on it because we have a team that's dead in the water that is ripe for the picking in Michigan State, and it's up to us to go up there and uh, put them away early. And so. You know, there's a lot of positive things that comes out of it. I think this could be a signature victory. I think where you have all phases that did something really positive, offense, defense, special teams, and then uh, make sure that you address all the three all, all three phases and what they need to get better at mm-hmm. and the negatives or whatever you want to call it, and then just uh, go for it, go from there. Yeah, Nebraska goes into East Lansing next week. Uh, Michigan State has not won since, I believe, September 9th, if I remember correctly. They're, they're losing games uh, since then by an average of 20-plus points. Right. Uh, in a time where Nebraska has an opportunity to get to bowl, uh, bowl eligibility in the first week of November, uh, and for the first time since 2016. So, I mean, a lot, every week we have the same conversation of what's on the line, right? What's the next negative connection or, or statistic can that, that Nebraska can break with a win on that day? Last week it was, hey, let's, or I should say three weeks ago, it was win a game going into a bye week. They right. did so. Then it was use the bye week productively enough to where you're coming out of the bye week with a victory. They did that. Now today it was, all right, Become undefeated in the month of October. 
and have your first three-game winning streak since 2016. Right. You did that. Each week, it feels like Nebraska's been able to do things that they haven't been able to do in years past, and next week's just another week to where Matt Rule and them always talk about going 1-0. and Yeah, this is a, just another game. Uh, like I said, it's a 12-movie it's a, it's a uh, series, individual yeah. movie series for this season for this team, and so as much as you're going to celebrate this until when the next time you step on the field, which will be sometime tomorrow, um, then one, then after that happens, you, you know, our focus has to go towards Michigan State mm-hmm. and what we can do to uh, beat them and take take our team on the road, take our defense, pack our defense on the road, pack our special teams and offense on the road. Need to get exponentially better in the last two phases that I talked about and, and then continue along the process of, the, of uh, playing well defensively and not let Michigan State have any confidence, you know, throughout the game. And so... You know, there's pressure always to go around, and this is what you come to Nebraska for, to reach goals and then exceed goals and then get to bowl games and then being able to get indoors, you know, that you would normally wouldn't end it from a recruiting standpoint and an expectation standpoint and a overall thought of your university standpoint. So I think it's a good, you know, a good place to be in. Um, they just got to attack the week like they have before. Looked like they came out of the game pretty healthy, which is good. I felt like I've seen some things more positively out of the offensive line that these stats that necessarily don't show. And that comes from decision-making at the quarterback, running back, mm-hmm. and all that other stuff, and they can get better at it. And then we need to be a little bit better blocking or a lot of bit better blocking on the edges from our tight ends and slot receivers. And then, the, you know, the rest will take off from there. I think the play calling was pretty good as far as, uh, you know, the rhythm of uh, what Satterfield was trying to do. The execution needs to get a little bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the defense needs to continue along. The defense play well, but also I think the defense can play better. So, you know, look, there's a lot to be had out here. There's a lot of meat on the bone, but it's always good to come in after a, I, I don't know, I guess less than satisfactory expectations and uh, be successful. And, uh, you know, I think this team is built for, you know, adverse situations and adverse uh, conditions. And so from there on, you know, you just feel like they're going to play well. Let's uh, go back to the Honda Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685. I believe we have Will on the uh, Honda Lincoln Hotline. Will, is this you? Sir William. Yeah, this is Will. What's up, Will? Will from, uh, from East L.A. There you go. Oh, Will from East what L.A. I'm about. What, what you got on your mind today? Uh, let's talk about Sims. Uh, honestly, what are we going to do with this guy? I mean... We, we can't put him on offense because he's going to fumble. If we put him on, as a re- receiver, he's either not going to catch the ball or if he does catch the ball, he's going to fumble. I mean, dude, he was, in, he was in the game for like eight seconds, and what happened? Well, all right. Thanks, Will. We appreciate the phone call. Uh, Jay, what do you do with Jeff Sims? You know, I think it's – I mean, I think you just continue to coach Jeff Sims. Uh, I think you continue to encourage him to push Heinrich Harbor to do better. Because that means Heinrich Harberter would, would do better, and same with Jeff Sims would obviously yeah. come through the ro- uh, rehab process, and just go from there. I think it's too late in the season to really move in positions if it's not necessarily emergency. And uh, you know, you just got to continue. You know, he hasn't played in a very long time. I don't think anybody rolls up to a game thinking, "Oh, I'm the yeah. backup, and the stars are going to get hurt." So you got to be a little bit more prepared and locked in from that standpoint. The fumble hurt. You know, and, it, and it's almost too magnified because he had fumble issues before, which is no different than Heinrich Harburg, but essentially it, it costs more when you're Jeff Sims. And so he's got to, you know, really hone in on it and he'll be fine. And then, uh, you know, like I said, him and Anthony Grant 
coming down this stretch, they'll need those two and then some to finish out games. And so as much as, 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 as it is uh, cool and great to, you know, text in and call in from anonymous numbers and so forth and so on, understanding that the, uh, these kids that have the ability to step up. And then if that, that's the case, you got to be willing to eat crow. Uh, well, let's go right back to the Honda of Lincoln hotline where we got Steve on the line. Steve, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Awesome. Steve, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Steve. Things, uh, the crowd was pretty loud. I don't know how many people were actually there, but it was pretty loud. I was at the game. A uh, couple things going back to the Scott Frost era. Just getting in the shotgun for a one-yard run. Why are we still in the shotgun? Didn't work then. It's not working now. All right. Appreciate that, Steve. Jay, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. It, it provides space, right? Like there, there's space and there's a movement little bit, in it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everybody. Listen, look, the Philadelphia Eagles have the best offensive line and have had the best offensive line for about four or five years. So when you run the quote unquote tush push, yeah, I could be playing quarterback. You, uh, young Ben and also Harrison <laughs> could all go be playing quarterback when we get a yard. So everybody sees that and they, and they look at Nebraska and what, you know, why aren't they doing it? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I guess I, I can see both sides. I can see where you're not a fan of being in the shotgun because we have PTSD from Purdue mm-hmm. umpteen years ago to 2018 against Nebraska where you let the guy come in and, and it was dead in the water. But then also I see it where, where you can make it. And so I think it really comes down to execution. I think the one play that people were really, really mad at on fourth and one, it had yeah. nothing to do. Now, granted, Heinrich Harburg lost a step. So he the turf monster got him. But the penetration came from one of the edges. And when that happens, that has nothing to do with the quarterback. And so everything, there's always a cause and effect. And so you can't just look at the end result. You got to look at why the end result happened the way it did and then try to evaluate from there. But, you know, I think, you know, depending on how you're blocking and what type of groove you are as far as the offensive line tight ends, that's the, I don't think it really matters where your quarterback is, but it gets magnified when you're not able to get that fourth and one mm-hmm. uh, just because it sometimes it's, it's very apparent. It, it, it's, it's huge in the, in the flow of the game. I think we can look back at that, that fourth down sequence and just have a couple questions right. where Jeff Sims was in uh, into the, in the game for that, that brief moment, Nebraska had fourth and one, they come out, uh, they finally set it up when it's with their like eight seconds left on the play clock. They get Purdue to jump on the hard count and they do not snap it. Therefore, they then take a timeout. They yep. then set up the punt. They get them to jump on the punt to then make it fourth and one again. You could go back, which on that fourth and one, then they ran the Jeff Sims that ended up going back for the touchdown, right? For right. Purdue, where he fumbled <laughs> on it. You yeah, like that, that there are there are a pl- plenty of things that you can discuss and question prior to Jeff Sims running that ball. That on Teddy Prohaska, as a left tackle, that guy in front of you jumps and comes into your area. At some point, you got you have to move. Right. Like you, you have to draw that penalty to well, get the first down, or you need to snap it to where it's a what free was play. The third down play before that was that the jet sweep to Jalen. No, no, it would have been. I believe they ran it with Emmett Johnson just up the middle for a few yards. Right, but I think the the one that was really really crucial. I think that actually, I think you you know I might you might be wrong. Is that they ran a kind of jet sweep to with Jalen Lloyd and Borkisher needed needed to kick out number four. So so here we are. Right. Um. It that drive went uh this way. It was it was simple. Anthony Grant runs for four yards. Anthony Grant runs for two yards. Jeff Sims runs for three yards. 
which then would make it fourth down and one. Uh-huh. Delay of game makes it fourth down and six. Brian Buscini punts it to make it fourth down, and and then the delay, or excuse me, the offsides on Purdue on the punt yeah. takes it back to fourth and one. And then on uh, the shotgun, Turnover Jeff Sims, he fumbles it, and they 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 return it for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean that was definitely not uh, the best look, and so. You know, Nebraska has to understand when you have full momentum of the game, anything that you do in a negative uh, uh, facet, you know, as far as turnovers, tackles for losses against you and stuff like that is almost, you know, twofold because it means that much more to the defense. And, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that was one series, but I think even I think the series after or before or maybe even after stymied on first and second down. Yep. And then they ran a reverse with Jalen Lloyd. Borkashire just needed to kick out his block, but number four from Purdue slipped inside, made the tackle. If he didn't mm-hmm. make the tackle, you score, the game is over. It's still, you know, 31 uh, 7, and it changes the dynamic of the game. And so, really, you know, I think the offense, you know, line played decent today, but we just need to be a little bit sharper as far as the play that plays that you mentioned on that drive, yeah. the plays that I mentioned on this drive, and the offensive line just isn't the five guys, it's the extended guys, the tight end. It's the move tight end. It's the big tight end that comes in based on the personnel. Everybody has to be on point. And it could be because as you move along in this process with four games left, you have to make sure that the little things are covered. And that's where I think that Nebraska can really improve in the run game and uh, give themselves opportunities. So, you know, as much as we're sitting up here, Nebraska needs to get better at A, B, and C. You know, they got a lot of things that they're pretty good at, um, and then they need to get a little bit better at some of the things that they aren't very good at. And then the, when the, when you get to that point, you're able to go on the road, play pretty consistently, you're ready to come home and play excellent. You're able to go on the road and then come back. Yeah, You know, it's a, it's a pretty good feeling to have when you have all your ducks in a row or at least knows what it feels like, right, to have yeah. all your ducks in a row. And I might be on an island on this. Uh, I'm okay with them going for it on fourth yeah, down. Yeah, me there. too. I mean, I like, feel th- like that, that's yeah. where that's where you can you can take all hope out of it. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's playing with superior confidence. That's playing with you know thinking that and knowing that you're ready to go. And you know, to be frank, it's something that you should be able to get. Well, and to be down. to be fair, they did. They they Jeff Sims got three yards on that drive. That guy zoomed by. Yeah. Um, that they got three yards on that that fourth and one play. He just fumbled it, right? right? So you want to talk about like Nebraska's ability to close out games. It looks a lot better if they end up not fumbling on that specific play because then Purdue only has one touchdown. It's a it's potentially a 38, 34 to 7 right. type of finish instead of a 31 to 14 finish. It, it feels a lot better if they don't fumble, right? But Nebraska is where they at. They have 24 fumbles as a team this season, which leads FBS. Right, yeah, and look, ball security is is a, is a huge deal. I mean, everybody could easily just come in here and say, "Oh, we're going to blame the coaches," but ultimately, from the very first play of the game, exactly to Jeff Sims and everybody else that, or to uh, not Jeff Sims, but um, to Heinrich Harburg, ball security and technique falls exclusive, exclusively and solely on the player because I know for a fact it's techniques that's been taught, talked about, and teach during practice. It's up to you to make sure that you're, you know, actively listening listening to it and then applying it to it, whether it's to a practice scenario or practice game-like situation or in the most, you know, high-intensity situation is a game situation. So, you know, I think it's something that I think maybe you've been a wake-up call because sometimes players can hear you and not listen. 
and they're kind of going, you know, not once they going through the motion, but going through the motions of hearing what you have to say and really taking into an account what you have to say or listening to what you have to say, excuse me. And uh, maybe this is it where you could say, listen, you know, possibly our running back room could have played a big part in us losing the game. It didn't happen today, but let's make sure it doesn't happen in the future. So, you know, they got a ton of, you know, a ton of opportunity. And, and maybe that's the most frustrating thing about the team. And it's a good frustration, right? I'd rather be frustrated with the team being five and three versus three and five and looking down the barrel and thinking like this team hasn't even came close mm -hmm. to expectations. I'd rather be frustrated because I, I I think the players all can play better. I think they can all play better as a cohesive unit. I think they can go out there and really surprise some people uh, based on the personnel they have. And you've seen Marcus Satterfield be a little bit more unique and creative on, on Friday night and then also on Saturday night as far as uh, – or not Saturday night, but obviously Saturday mid-afternoon yeah. um, to do some different things. And the execution level needs to be spiked up in, in – uh, you know, uh, a higher percentage and you get that going on first and second down, it makes third down a lot more easier. And then what we need to do, if you take a page out of the Lincoln East book last night against Southeast, which we called is really take the life out of a team, mm -hmm. a six, seven, eight yard, uh, a drive is, is, is very taxing on the team, both physically and mentally. So, um, you know, with that being said, you know, listen, Nebraska shouldn't feel apprehensive of being, you know, celebratory in this victory. But you also have to be realistic in the sense of there's a, some there's some things that we did that we shouldn't do and we haven't done up to this point. So we need to make sure that we keep our, each other in check, make sure we hold ourselves accountable as far as catching the punts, you know, catching balls on offense, recovering balls on defense, so forth and so on. Keep harping on it because it'll pay dividends uh, a little bit later down the road. Uh, once again, 402-464-5685. Jay and I got about 10, 15 maybe minutes left uh, here in our portion before we hand it off to uh, DP for the rest of the evening. One thing that kind of went under the radar today was that Marcus Satterfield, who normally calls games from the field, was up in the, the press box today right. calling the game. Matt Rule was asked how if Marcus Satterfield being up in the box helped, here's, here's what the head coach had to say on his offensive coordinator. I think, you know, I think, you know, we played this defense earlier in Illinois and when we ran all the options and those types of plays, they did a couple things to take it away. Right. And they basically, they took the, the safety and they basically brought him down and he just played Heinrich. So there was no one in the middle of the field. So he was, you know, we were all able to keep an eye on that and say, Hey, when they come down, we're going to you know, throw the launch to, to Jalen. I just think for Sat, like, you know, it's, um, I think he just wanted to. I think he wanted to be able to see the whole defense. Him and Garrett up there. He wanted to see what they're in, and I think you know he maybe hasn't had a guy like Donnie on the sidelines in years past. Um, you know, Josh and some of those guys. They do such a good job. Really, honestly, like Elliot Brown is a bit like a cheat code for us. Elliot Brown's like a, he basically coaches the receivers during the game and then goes in and plays as needed. Like he's got a headset. He's he's signaling. He's you know Garrett's like hey get hail get so and so in. It's like we have another coach, and so I think Sat just felt comfortable with the things that happened on the field. Wanted to go up. Wanted to see a little bit more knowing that hey this defense is going to do about three or four different things and so he's just waiting to see them um then he started to pressure us a little bit and uh um, i thought he made some great adjustments to it so um i had to go back and look at the exact thing I, I really thought the thing on the third drive mitch was that i thought fleeks just made some huge plays for us right like the third down catch and fedoni did a great job on that then the then the big option play so um you know those those plays those plays were, were really well executed by the guys all right, so Jay, from from your opinion, how much more beneficial could it be 
to see the all 22 rather than the right, limited yeah. view on the sideline. I mean, it just depends on, uh, you know, Satterfield to get a different look and, and kind of take himself out of the arena of the pressure and maybe like a little bit of the, you know, the ambiance or the, you know, the, 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 the stadium scene, I think it's, it's good. I think you can see a lot. You can kind of focus in on a yeah. player or position group to maybe take advantage of. You can maybe get a better look on how your quarterback is going through progressions based on, where the defense is aligning pre-snap and then obviously during the snap and then maybe where they end up post-snap. Um, I think it's a good deal, but I think the most the, most importantly, the person that really can tell you the answer is Marcus Satterfield, but I think it paid off dividends. I think the game plan was pretty solid. Yeah, I think the execution from a ball handling standpoint obviously wasn't up point, on point. That just kind of negated everything that maybe you kind of put into a book or a game plan. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, initially, if I just had to give it a, a positive or a negative, I think it's pretty positive. And for him to take himself out of the, uh, you know, the pressure and the communication of dealing with players, is, I think it's great. And, um, you know, we'll see how, you know, how much he likes it in the future. And I just think that if these guys execute better, you know, we're having a different conversation. So, you know, it's, it's back to the lab. These guys are knowing, understanding what they have as a talent-wise and, and – uh, Leadership wise, they just got to get continue to try to strive and push and get the best out of them, and then uh, let them go out there and play on Saturday. And so I think you see, you're seeing growth offensively mm-hmm. that you hadn't seen before. Whether it's minute, big, or kind of indifferent, you have to recognize it. And so um, as they move forward, um, I think they still they're starting to feel com- more comfortable with you know obviously Emmett Johnson, Fleeks, and Anthony Grant. And if that changes as far as, you know, the pecking order, so yeah. be it. I think these coaches are getting more trust by the day or the week of from the fan base or people that kind of evaluate the program based on every not everything they've said, they're backing it up with actions. And so you you got to respect that. And then obviously being at five and three, ideally we'd like to be six and two. Legitimately, when the first game against Minnesota, this was a pressure-packed game. Yeah. Now let's see what we can do. Let's go do something that we've never done before. Let's go up there and right the wrong last time we were at Michigan State, right, where we had total control of the game. I think the defense gave up like a half a yard or something yeah, they, they, in the second de- half. defense gave up 10 yards and, and one first down in, in the, the second, second half. half. And so let's go up there and do more. This is a team that's right for the picking, for a butt kicking, yeah. and let's go give it to them. And, uh, you know, look, you know, as much as we're talking about some of the things that need to get better, Let's not forget, we ran the ball pretty dang good. Yeah. We stopped the ball. With the running backs. Right, with the running backs. We stopped the the ball from being ran on us pretty dang good. Our one-on-one defenders, and when we were in man-to-man, whether yeah. it was Newsom, Hartsog, and obviously Isaac Gifford, stepped up and did some good things. Linebackers at the second level did pretty well. We need to get a little bit more authoritative as far as our rush lanes and with a little sense of urgency, or a sense of urgency, you know, a little jalapeno, you know, on, yeah. in your butt, and... uh you know, we'll go from there. So, they, like, like I said, Matt Rule should be excited. Everybody should be excited. Uh, come tomorrow, you know, whenever they have to do their thing, mm-hmm. on to Michigan State to go up there and uh, beat the Spartan Dogs. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you, you talk about the game plan and how, I mean, there was, there was definitely some bright spots on execution, definitely right. things to work on. One of the bright spots in the second quarter that Nebraska had an 8-minute and 52-second uh, drive right. that resulted in a touchdown. We talked coming into the game that if this ended up being a one score, maybe even a 10-point differential, it's going to be Nebraska would have an opportunity at the end of the game to kind of put the dagger 
right. in Purdue. They did so with that Emma Johnson 28-yard touchdown oh, run yeah. at the end. But throughout the course of the game, like if, if Nebraska can consistently put together, and they don't have to be nine-minute drives every time, but those four, five, six, maybe throw in a nine-minute drive, every now and then, those are back-breaking for yeah. an opponent. Those are back-breaking for an opponent. When you also, don't forget, you have your defense out there that's only allowing points 25% of Right, the time. it was a defensive battle. You got to think, Nebraska only had 277 yards. Purdue had uh, 195. You know, you got to think the biggest thing, I think, for Nebraska defensively, on third and fourth down, Purdue was 5 of 19. Yeah. That's how the game was won and lost. Nebraska was 6 of 15. There you go. Right? Wasn't mm -hmm. a pretty game either side of the ball or either team offensively. Defensively, uh, Nebraska did a good thing. They had two interceptions. Uh, Nebraska, you know, turned the ball over four, four times. Purdue was trying to match you as, as, as much mm -hmm. as possible, turned it over three. Penalties were about the same. Purdue had more penalty yards than Nebraska, which is obviously a positive for Nebraska. And Nebraska controlled the uh, time of possession. So all the things that you look for, right? Um, Nebraska did it. You know, average per, per, per pass. Nebraska almost tripled that at Purdue. Um, the running game, uh, Nebraska and Purdue are right at each other, 3.3 mm -hmm. yards a carry. We'd like to be a little bit better, but uh, we gave, we had probably, well, no, we didn't probably, we had 19 more rush attempts. And yeah. so we like that, right? We're trying to gut punch you and bleed you to death, and that's what they did. And so, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a good win, um, not a great win. And we haven't had a, a lot of good wins around here in the recent history. And so, you know, it's onward and upward and everything's in a pot of positive, you know, form or fashion. But that also doesn't mean that we we rest on our laurels and mm -hmm. can't handle success. Success for this team is winning three in a row. Hasn't We haven't done it since 2016. Now can we go for four? How can we, how do we handle people texting, calling us, social media and us, telling us good job? The coach is telling us good job. Are we also focusing on what we did positively, right? And But then also really, really hone in with laser-like focus on what we didn't do well. Yeah. Turning over the ball, conventional run game, conventional pass game, so we don't have to blitz, so forth and so on. This team embraces that those type of things is, is as big or smaller and different as they are or as hard to look at versus not hard to look at. You'll see these guys do something commendable to finish out this season. Win this next week, and then let's really kind of push the whole chips to the middle of the, middle yeah. of the table, and then let's go to somebody else and say, "I need some more chips," and let's see where we yeah. all hang out. And then, and then I think you, you'll see some really good things. Yeah, Nebraska five and three. Last thing I do want to mention before we we get it out of here and, and hand it off to DP and and Harrison is is guys that are quote unquote started the season as backups. Oh yeah, stepping up right. Josh Fleeks was active, more active and, and present than we've ever seen in a Husker and, uniform And really this year. broke the game open he, he with did. that third down catch. Yeah, he did. Jalen Lloyd, obviously, with the one catch, 70, 73 yards. He showed his speed to be able to break away on a really nice route and a nice ball by Hunter Carberg. You had um, Jaden Doss. Yeah, Jaden Doss had the big catch on third down for, for 16 yards, I want to say, that uh, kept Nebraska's drive alive. On the defensive side, another example of Phelan Sanford stepping up in yeah. in in, uh, in in recovering for Deshaun Singleton, obviously Jamari Butler, who we've had multiple conversations about, just his journey is so unique with going into the portal and then choosing to come back, and now has truly found a yeah, role. There's I mean, a lot of guys that have stepped yeah, up. Yeah, Prince Well, 
Yeah. Uh, you've seen Cam Lemonard hitting there. You Elijah see, Judy blocked Elijah the field Judy. goal. You've seen uh, Nash, you know, Polar Bear doing some good, good things. Give it up for MJ Sermon. He got in yep. there on a sack with uh, Jamari Butler. Um, the three linebackers, I saw Nick Heinrich made a pretty good, a few good plays. Luke Reimer, John Bullock, Makai Guyber got in there a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I want to give it up to Tommy Hill, right? You know, yeah. really, look, last year was kind of a up and down year. Started the year off kind of up and down. But ever since that Colorado game, it seems like he's really focused in and found something that in a positive way to help the team, you know, moving forward. Now, I'd probably tell Tommy I'm not really sure about catching that punt as a yeah, as, a, as, a, as a blocking um, out there against the gunner, which we used to call vice. You blocking that was probably not the best thing to do. But what I really like about Tommy Hill is making the interception, mm -hmm. had probably one of the best <laughs> returns where he put the airlock brakes on. The guy just flew right by yeah. and uh, requested a flyby there for him. And, uh, you know, he did some good things. And so that's what you really want. And I think that Nebraska has got to just fully embrace who we are right now. Stop trying to kind of, you know, dummy down their success. Now, is it perfect? No. Is it is it where we need to be? No. Do we need to get better as some of the little things, right? Meaning holding on to the ball if you're you're up guy. Holding on to the ball as a quarterback, not really, you know, not trying to catch a fair catch as, as you know, in a punt return where, when we were being a vice. Those are all the things that we need to control and get better at because we don't want any of those things or anything else you can think of affecting us in the, the win-loss column. But ultimately, Nebraska did everything they needed to do coming uh, into this game with probably more pressure than Purdue. Mm -hmm. You got to think Purdue – had a week and a half to prepare for Nebraska. Purdue had a way of trying to get mo motivated for Nebraska. Purdue felt like they were going to come in and shock the world, and Nebraska was able to withstand their own doing of mistakes, mm -hmm. take control of the game, and then uh, hang on at the end and then say, you know, we're just not going to run out the clock. Emmett Johnson put the dagger in the heart. Uh, good victory by Nebraska. Could, you know, and, and, and hopefully it can get even better moving forward. Jay, it's an 11 a.m. kickoff next Saturday. Michigan Damn. State in East really? Lansing. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff for Nebraska and the Spartans. The Spartans haven't won since Dang. September 9th, and they're uh, getting or they're losing games by an average of 22 points since then. And so yeah. uh, we we know obviously they they've had their share of injuries. Uh, they've had their share of struggles both on and off the field as a program. And so it's an opportunity for Nebraska to uh, to go in. Go ahead and give us your final thoughts before we hand it off. Hey, man, a win is a win. Uh, you know, you said it last week. I said it before. Ugly win is better than a ugly loss or a pretty loss. And so, yeah. uh, really, you know, not celebrate. Just be okay with this. Celebrate it, you know, obviously within reason. Mm -hmm. And just come back tomorrow ready to work. You got a big game going on the road. You know, even though the game is Saturday at 11, it's a little bit of a short week because you've been playing at 2.30 in the night game before against Illinois. So you have to focus in and really do a lot of your work in the, in the beginning of the week, which is obviously accentuate your positives and really get better at some of your negatives. Get back to work and really find the find details, and this team will be fine. Uh, congratulations to them. And a lot of these guys, listen, the guys that have stuck around, stayed on the team, made the team, also the young guys that have came in, and I call and I'm putting all the transfers in there. Guys that have stepped up and, and uh, made this, you know, a possibility for Nebraska to be five and three right now after not even being close to this mark in the last few years is very, very commendable. And uh, the coaching staff as well. And so 
everybody should uh you know you know have the the, the hat tip towards them uh but then also as as much as we're tipping the hat toward towards them um all is not uh done and we need to do more and we we should demand more and expect more as they should themselves but with that being said the rest of tonight until you get to you know whenever they get on the, their schedule let's let's uh you know devil into what we did really well because look <laughs> it was uh, nebraska was i wouldn't say nebraska was doing some things out of character even though we've been fumble prone it could have very it could have we've seen this how many times we've seen the beginning of this movie it could turn ugly very quick the bounce pack bounce back percentage of this team i don't care that the the big 10 west isn't very good We've lost to enough crappy teams over this over this last twelve to fifteen years. The bounce back percentage of this team is pretty dang good. Um, big kudos to them, and I'm happy for them. So, with that being said, it's uh, seven thirty-five. We are five minutes over, but uh, Jay Foreman after game show is going to sign off. We're going to hand it off to Harrison and Derek Pearson, Derek Lamont Pearson, as I like to call him. Um, and let them take it home. But uh, appreciate you guys listening. Another Husker victory. Well earned. Much deserved. We'll holler at you next week.